What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening and loving and sharing and doing all the things, which if you haven't done yet, please make sure that you rate and review on your streaming platform so you can rate on both Spotify and Apple and you can review on Apple. I would appreciate that so much. You truly don't know what that five seconds can really do for the podcast. It is extremely helpful. And this week's guest is actually a returning guest, so this is her second time on the podcast. We are talking to Jess, who is from Handlers and Humans. She also has a course called Coping with Canines, and in this course, you learn emotional skills that you can add to your toolbox as a dog owner, and you also get access to her Facebook group and ever-growing community. In this episode, we have an open conversation about what we are working on as dog owners, what we are trying to improve, and what we are aiming towards, and we talk also about what our dogs are working on or working through. And a huge congratulations to Jess, our guest this week, because she just welcomed home two beautiful baby boys. She brought them home about two weeks ago, and I'm happy to report that everything went smoothly and that everyone is happy at home. They're safe, they're beautiful, they're healthy. And so if you have not yet, be sure to go to Handlers and Humans on Instagram and send her a quick DM or comment wishing her a big congratulations for her new twin baby boys. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you of the three free journaling supplements. Say that three times fast. Three free, <laughs> three free journaling supplements, three free journaling supplements, three free journaling supplements that you can get on my website. These are all great additions to go along with the Growing and Healing journal that is coming out October 31st. There is a journal entry on how to navigate stress with your dog, and this is a very similar layout to what you are going to see in Growing and Healing. Then there is a mood tracker for you and your dog so you can see patterns on how your mood may affect your dog's mood or how your dog may affect your mood. And then there is also a worksheet with mindfulness tips specifically for dog owners, which can be used before a walk or during during a walk. And then you can implement those in your everyday life as well to help manage your stress and anxiety. That is it for me. Let's get into this episode with Jess. No matter the age of your pet, so much planning is involved when setting them up for success. From the hours of training, to the socialization, to the confidence building. But have you ever considered that the thing causing them a difference in their behavior, whether it's agitation or anxiety, 
might be a bit more complex than just training. This past year, I began to factor in how Layla's digestion could be affecting her behavior and mood. I didn't previously consider this because it really isn't something that you can outwardly see, nor could she communicate that to me. But after reading her food label, I decided to find a brand that was more balanced, holistic, and fueled her for all of our training and play sessions but I still wanted it to be convenient for me and all of our trips and even hand feeding. This is when Solid Gold entered our lives. Layla was immediately obsessed with their food and I am equally obsessed with the benefits she gets from it. Up to 80% of a pet's immune system is influenced by the gut, making the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals so important to your pet's overall health and well-being, which you guessed it, also includes things like their nervous system and behavior. Layla has been eating Solid Gold's new Nutrient Boost line, which is powered by plasma, making it extra nutritious, extra delicious, and providing extra immunity. The added plasma ingredient works to reduce inflammation and increase absorption, making sure that she gets every nutrient possible in her little tummy. And all of this is in kibble form, making it extremely easy and functional for us. Beyond their large variety of customizable food, Solid Gold also makes meal toppers, flavorful bone broths, and supplements. You can snag their products on Amazon, Chewy, Petco, and PetSmart. And find all the details about Solid Gold on their website, solidgoldpet.com. That's also linked in the show notes. Layla assures you that you will not regret checking out Solid Gold for your pet. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? You are very <laughs> pregnant. So pregnant. I'm like, I'm definitely like this week, like I've hit the wall. Like, yeah, I'm over it. Like, I'm grateful that they're growing and they're supposed to be in there. And I know I'm not supposed to be like, okay, get out. But also. <laughs> yeah, okay, totally. Yeah, it's they're just so like, they're just so big. And I'm, yeah. I'm not that big. Like, I'm only 5'2". <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was going to ask how tall you are. Yeah. Like, I just don't have a lot of room. It's getting crazy. Right. So, yeah. I, oh, my God. I wanted to tell you real quick, though. Um, I, like, went on your – that Spotify playlist that you yeah. li- um, posted. Mm-hmm. And I, first of all, love it. And second of all, our, like, wedding song is on it. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. What is it? Um, that words? in spite of ourselves, um, John Prine oh, song. Yeah, John Prine? That's like our, that's our song, our like couples oh. song. Yeah, I love it. Love that. That's awesome. I saw it. I no. was like, yay. That's so cool. So I don't know if you've seen pictures of our van before, mm-hmm. but we have a camper van. Like it's a U-Haul that's been converted into a camper. Nice. And we had like we designed it with somebody, so they actually built it, but we cool. got to do like a lot of the design decisions yeah and they we sent them a lot of record covers Mm -hmm. to put up on the ceiling oh a lot of them are like one dollar covers just like really liked from a store but we bought some records that we really really enjoy and the Mm -hmm. in spite of our is one of them so that's like right up above oh my gosh I have to send you I'm going to send you a video that so the baby's room Mm-hmm. is like music like themed themed oh cool that's and, such a good theme yeah I thought so um 
And they, so I made, I designed on Canva because like Canva is life. Right. These, um, like little, like mix those mixed tiles, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're like shapes, different shapes, and they all have like song lyrics in them. Oh, um, and one of them is that song, obviously, because it's like our yeah. song, but there's like other John Prine on there and like all this other stuff. So I'm, I'll take a video of it. I'll show uh, you. Yes. But we have like we have like a bunch like there's like also Wu-Tang, you know, on there yeah. as well. So it's like That's so, so it's like it's definitely like Motorhead and like whatever. There's like all these different ones, but it's like all of our like favorite songs or favorite artists that like then also have a, a lyric that kind of like could relate to like being in a cute baby's room. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's super fun. It reminds me of That's that. So funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Your kids are going to grow up and be like, what were our parents like trying to influence on us? Exactly. <laughs> like, please play music. At least you have good taste. Yeah. We well, try. We try. Like <laughs> we try really hard. That's uh, funny. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, Jess is very pregnant with twins. <laughs> You're like, how many weeks? I'll be 35 weeks on like in two days. So Okay. Yeah. So honestly, by the time this podcast comes out, like it's possible that they could be here. Yep. Probably. That's... <laughs> oh my gosh. I that's know. So exciting. I know. So fun. That's Especially so because we recorded our last one. I, you know, I was like pregnant then too. And we like right. talked about it and. Now, you know, here we are nearing the a new phase. And for you too, we're like both about to have big a big trans- event. <laughs> yes. A big well, I'm not gonna say it's a huge transition for us because like we do already live together. Um, but it's yeah, it's still like really special and yeah. I'm I'm really excited for like honeymooning and just taking kind of like a week off of everything. Yes. That's so. gonna be so great. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about you because I was like trying to figure out like what am I going to pack because I was mm. thinking I could go ahead and pack for our honeymoon, like my clothes. And I thought about you and how you like have to pack your bags for yeah. the hospital just in case yeah. like something happens. Yeah, I've been instructed to like carry that bag everywhere I go now, mm-hmm. basically. They were like, just have that everywhere. Like if you're just even you know, going out to dinner, have it in the car. I was like, whoa, really? (laughs) Yeah. Like always. Always. What are your plans for Dio during this time? Yeah, actually. So, um, that was a source of stress for me, obviously, because Mm -hmm. I want him to be like as comfortable as possible and well taken care of. So Dio does not do well with an in-home like dog sitter. Okay. He really struggles to be home here without me. Mm-hmm. Um, even with my husband, he is obviously very comfortable with him and has lived with him for quite some time right. at this point. But if I leave, he's a little unsettled. And so if anyone is watching him in the home, like he is very unsettled. Mm-hmm. Um, the contrast to that is when he gets boarded, he is like the happiest clam. I get the best little updates about him. He's so sweet. He okay. has such a fun time. We took him on a walk. He's he's like all bouncy and wiggly and happy right. and fine, which is so funny because I think that a lot of people would just make the assumption that at home is better yeah. automatically. Like, oh, it's their space. And you know what? Yeah. It's just not for him. I've tried it. Um, the only time that this poor sweet dog has ever ever had a bathroom accident in the house was repeatedly every day that I was gone and he was being house sat by someone who lived with me 
at the time. So, like, the most familiar person. Right. So, uh, I got in contact with the kennel that I've used before, and they have been so wonderful and gracious and basically giving us, like, an open-ended reservation where... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah because you can't really, like... No, plan. no. I mean, we have a date that... We have a final, like, delivery date, but... Right. You know, no, every doctor I see every week is like, yeah, you're not making it to that. So, (laughs) so they just, yeah, they were just like, call us when you're showing up. Okay. So he's just got to, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, are you like going to drop him off like on your way to the hospital or are you going to have, I would, I would very much love to do that if I can. If I, I, yeah. Yeah. That would be (laughs) ideal for me. That would be like, dog mom right exactly especially because it is slightly (laughs) the opposite direction yeah so I would really be tacking on like a good probably almost hour of time to like so maybe not ideal but um definitely if it plays out that way I will if not Mm -hmm. he can get there he'll be okay like being taken there but um right yeah I really so if anyone is worried about that you call kennels and ask them if they've ever dealt with this before, mm-hmm. because they said, you know, we haven't dealt with it a lot, but mm-hmm. here and there we've done it. And thankfully there's no holidays coming up. They're not super mm, booked right now. Yeah. I, I am lucky in that regard. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, I, I definitely wanted to ask you that because I was like, what, like, how do you even, you know, yeah. what do you do? Like, because it, it can come at, like, at any time. It's not like you can be like, okay, it's mm-hmm. going to be on this date, and we're going to drop them off at this time. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I make it to our date, then it'll be easy, but it's right. just pretty unlikely, I think, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long do you anticipate him staying there? So we were thinking, well, I think it, that will, first of all, depend on how I do and the babies do. You know, mm-hmm. how long are we, are, are we gone? Um, right. Because if all is well, you know we'll be out of there in a few days, like any other, mm-hmm. you know, situation. But, um, if not, if we're there longer, you know, right. He'll be there. Um, so a couple days at the least. And then we were considering, and the panel actually recommended this to me, which I thought was nice of her to kind of talk me through. She mm-hmm. said, you know, you might want to think about leaving him for an extra day or two after right. you get home. Yeah, yes. I've heard that as well. Yeah, which I didn't actually think of. I was like, we'll pick him up on the way home. Like, we'll just get him immediately. Um, and she's like, you know, you might just want some time to settle in, which I am glad she said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually heard that as well. So I was talking to another person, like, while I was recording. This was last week, I think. So this the episode that I'm talking about hasn't came out yet, but... Mm-hmm. She is, you know, she had her dog and then she had a baby and, you know, she was kind of talking about like what the transition period was like whenever she was bringing her dog back home. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned that with Mm -hmm. having, you know, just some time with her and the baby before they brought, brought the dog back in. Yeah. So I think we'll do that for, you know, as long as I can stand, like I probably will need him home with me, you know, pretty soon I would imagine just because he's. He's such a comfort to me. He's right here sleeping, actually, like, next to me. So um, I'm sure you'll hear him trot around at some point. But, yeah, I think a couple days. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that would be good. But I'm sure, like, I'm sure it's going to be a transition for him. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, you know, change is, is change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that 
like having those few days would be would be good right you know I I know that you know this it's all about like making sure that you're like in the right mindset before you do something and so like you're all about that so I don't feel like I need to no I need I need the reminders though I really do like it's funny whenever I'm doing a session with someone I I just had a session with someone today and they were like how do you know this I'm like how do you know this about me right and I'm like because I also need it need it you know just because I say the things I say and I post the things I post and I talk about the things I talk about does not mean that I am not constantly also working on it reminding myself it's a practice you know yeah all the time so there's never a point where you're like I've arrived and I no longer need to work on myself you know so I know yeah and I've thought about that a lot here recently actually Mm. so our topic today is going to be what we're working on and what our dogs are working on which you actually made a post about this and I was like oh this would be like the perfect topic to to talk about on the podcast because we had already talked about doing another podcast together we just like weren't sure on Mm -hmm. the discussion but I saw you post that I was like that's perfect so no like real plans on like how you know we want to do do this, you know, I don't have any questions prepped. Um, Just just the topic. So uh, do you want to go first on like, what, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go like what you're working on, then what Dio is, or like what you're working on with Dio or like, Hmm. you, then me, then you, then me? Um, I mean, I could just talk about it generally, maybe and just kind of see how, you know, what kind of brought that up, like what brought that post on. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I did make a reel about that. And it's actually really funny because it was one of those ones where it just sort of dawned on me, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know how to best express what I meant, but just kind of put it out there. And it came from me thinking about how much emphasis, understandably, that we put on the work we're doing with our dogs and the issues our dogs have and Mm -hmm. the things that are resolved and the things that are not resolved, you know, yet maybe or may may not get resolved ever. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes we can get really caught up on like, we need to work on reactivity. We need to work on resource guarding. We need to work on Mm -hmm. these, these things. And, it can create a lot of impatience. It can create a lot of frustration. Again, right. understandably, because these things really do impact our lives and our lives with our dogs, our relationships with them and all of that. And it just made me pause for a second and mm-hmm. say, well, okay, but I am also working on stuff right, in an ongoing capacity, right? So for example, I, I know I've talked about this before in like various I'm sure in our last podcast and various Mm -hmm. places, Dio is eight and a half. So Mm -hmm. I've had several years at this point of work. Yeah. Working with him, training him, overcoming obstacles, working through challenges, all of those things. And I could look at the fact that he is still reactive, Mm -hmm. right? to a different degree, to a different level, in different ways, yes, but still reactive regardless, I could choose to look at that and be really frustrated. Oh, totally. Right? That I'm eight and a half years into life with him and Mm -hmm. training upon training (laughs) upon training with him and I still have a reactive dog. Right. You know, 
Or I can look at it and say, I have a reactive dog and it is a practice. It's a lifelong journey we're on. It's an ongoing, mm-hmm. um, an ongoing experience to work on this with him because you know what? I'm pretty anxious. I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder that is not something that I'm going to necessarily solve or erase. So looking at it that way is kind of what inspired that thought process where, you know, yeah, I think it like makes so much sense too, because, you know, we work on our anxiety, we work on, you know, our depression Mm -hmm. or like whatever thing it may be, but different things can flare that up. Right. And like, maybe it's not even like, you know, something that we, we chose to have, or we chose to be in that made it flare up, but you know, it, Mm -hmm. it just comes on due to the environment, due to stress, like whatever the case may be. And it's like the same thing with our dogs. Like there might be something that we just did not pick up on in the environment that caused them a little bit of extra stress. Mm -hmm. And that little bit of extra stress, you know, could have been the tip of the iceberg for them. So on that particular day, they did react more than usual Mm -hmm. because of, you know, those unforeseen things. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing happens for us. And so, you know, I think when I'm working with folks in therapy, this Mm -hmm. is something that I talk to them about a lot, right? Like we're not here to be like fixing something. We're here Mm -hmm. to learn how to cope better, how to integrate better, how to recognize our patterns and navigate our lives in a way that is more, I don't know, hopeful, helpful, fulfilling, all of those things. And I think you could really look at, you know, your, your relationship with your dog in a way that is just like, oh, we're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. When is this going to be solved? When will this be better? And be just very defeated by that. Right. Or take it as an opportunity to say, wow, we've come really far. We are going to continue to work through this and it's not going to be perfect. It may not be fixed. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't want to say that to sound like hopeless (laughs) though. I I actually think that it's a good thing. No, it is. And like, so I've thought about like two, two things while you were talking. And one of them is, you know, you were talking about in therapy, you work with your clients to like cope better, navigate, you know, integrate, learn how to do all those things. And something else that you didn't mention that I'm sure you probably do, but one thing that I've like really gotten out of therapy is how to be more proactive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of the, the things that you were saying kind of come once the trigger happens. Right. And, but like, you know, proactive can be prior to. Right. And we do that with our dogs as well. Like we do that with ourselves. We do that with our dogs. And it's kind of this like feedback loop of, you know, you be proactive. Then if if the trigger comes about, you're maybe a little bit better able to manage it, to work through it. Um, I guess going to therapy is one proactive measure to begin with. And, you know, it's just like with your dog, like you say – you don't want to sound like hopeless, but like the trick, like you are putting in the training work. That's you being proactive mm-hmm. about like, you know, it's you being aware that yes, like you do have a reactive dog. I'm going to p- be proactive, do the training and do all of these like measures so that if 
they do have a reaction or if we're put in that situation, like I'm better able to manage it and handle it emotionally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And recover from it. it, Right. And kind of bounce back. Right. Because they're not robots. Like it's it's, it's still life. Right. So things are still going to come up. Things are going to happen. And we're, we are in a completely, he is in a completely different place now than when he was two. And when, you know, when we were Mm -hmm. really, really struggling, but we certainly still have rough walks. Oh, for sure. No question about it. Um, And so I could look back at that and be like, wow, all of these years and we're still having a tough walk. Or, you know, look at it and be like, okay, he's having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to work through that with him. And I'm not going to let myself get stuck on that. And let that define, you know, Mm -hmm. the entire experience of even just this walk. Right. You know. There's so many ways to measure progress Mm -hmm. with like a dog's reactivity um and a lot of the same ways it's funny but like a lot of those same ways I've used for myself as well you know if I want one thing that comes to mind is like recovery time Mm -hmm. like you said and you know my dog might have reacted but her recovery time was only like a minute versus mm-hmm. like 10 minutes that right. it used to be. Right. And I'm not saying that my dog was reacting for 10 minutes, but you know, used to, she would react and then be on like high alert yeah. for, you the know, whole time. the whole time, like the rest of the walk, just high alert, mm-hmm. pulling, scanning the environment, like, mm-hmm. you know, just very like stressed signals. And then now it's more like she reacts and you know, that it might be like a minute and then she's back to normal. Mm-hmm. And it's like that regulation period. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with myself with anxiety as well. I can be anxious. It's like I become aware of it. And then, you know, instead of being anxious for multiple days, mm-hmm. it has regulated to only be, you know, an hour. Mm-hmm. I can like, I know what, what types of things to do in that like anxious period to get myself back on track. Just like how we know ways to get our dogs back on track after they had a reaction. Right. Yeah. I mean, the parallel, if you think about it, is pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. It is. Because, you know, if you think about how we're on this journey together with them, like we have these relationships with them that are so interconnected. And Mm -hmm. this is just another way that that shows up. Um, And so we can be patient with ourselves. We can practice that patience with ourselves. We can practice that patience with them. We can practice that grace with them and mm-hmm. apply that to ourselves. Like you said, it's a feedback loop. It could go back and forth. And so some, a lot of people, I don't even want to say some people, I want to say a lot of people have a really tough time giving themselves grace when they mm-hmm. are struggling with something, right? So right. we've all done that. We're, we've all beat ourselves up over like, you know, our own anxiety. We're not, I'm feeling depressed. I'm having a hard time getting through it. All of those things that we can experience from a mental health perspective, we can really judge ourselves and beat ourselves Mm -hmm. up for it. And so some people have an easier time extending that grace and patience to their dog because Mm -hmm. it's harder to apply that to yourself, right? Totally. So you can apply that to them and recognize how helpful and important that is and maybe allow some of it to come to you. Yeah. And then the flip side can also be true where our dog's issues are frustrating. I don't want to invalidate that at all because because it can be so frustrating. It can be so (laughs) difficult. And so sometimes we have a hard, a hard time going, I'm going to give you grace and patience and all those things. 
because I'm really frustrated with the fact that you're still acting this way right now. Yes. And then we can step back and say, you know what? I need that when I'm struggling and I need that when I'm having a hard time. So I'm going to extend that to, to my dog. So yeah. we can just use this as a way to reflect on mm-hmm. what do we need to give them? What do we need to give ourselves and how do we make sure we're coming back to that over and over? Yeah. I was actually going to say the whole giving yourself grace. Like that is what I have personally been working on mm-hmm. in dog ownership um, especially in this season of my life, because it has been extremely busy for me over the past several months. Yeah. Like I feel like this year has been really, really busy. And then there are times that it gets busier and I just don't have as much time mm-hmm. to, well, you know, I, I have time to take care of Layla, obviously, like yeah. I meet all of her needs, but Comparing it to what I used to do with her last year, that's when mm-hmm. I start feeling really guilty and I start feeling really bad. And there are days that she like doesn't get as much exercise, for instance. Mm-hmm. And on those days, you know, she's she is a little bit more stressed. She has a lot of energy in her. You know, it's more likely that she's going to bark in the house, like alert barking. Mm-hmm. And during those times... Like it's hard because I will get frustrated with those behaviors because mm-hmm. they're just downright annoying. Mm-hmm. But then I turn it back on myself and I'm like, well, she wouldn't be doing this if you had more time to do X, Y, and Z with her. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I have to extend myself a lot of grace yeah. Um, because I just have been, it, I mean, it's also a feedback loop mm-hmm. of going back and forth, her doing something, me being annoyed, me being frustrated with myself, mm-hmm. me like putting myself down. So I'm in a bad mood. Then that right. like gets put back onto her. So it really is this, like everything I feel like is, is some sort of cycle between us. Right. And how could it not be right? Like this right. is something that I talk to people about a lot too. Like you, I think we brought it up probably on our last podcast, right? We spend so much time with them and they spend so much time with us. Right. You know, who do you spend more time with than her? Right. Especially if you're yeah. right. So how could we not influence one another so deeply? And I think that's just like one of the most beautiful things, right. About dog relationships and the opportunity that they give us to work on our stuff. You know, right. our dogs are inviting us to work on our stuff because they mm-hmm. highlight it, they bring it up, they don't let you turn away from it. <laughs> you know, right. everything that you experience um, that you struggle with is gonna pop up in relationship yep. to your dog. And I I think that if we can look at that as an opportunity and an invitation to mm-hmm. work on stuff together and alongside one another, it can be a really rewarding process that can be so helpful in getting through, you know, the tough moments of it. Um, 100%. especially because, you know, on the one hand, our dogs are challenging us, right. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, they're our dogs and they comfort us. Yeah. So who better to kind of walk that path with than our dogs? Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about like whenever I first got into training with Layla and it was like very challenging mm-hmm. and like, I did have a lot of like negative emotions because of her And I, it's so easy for us to look back on all of like what we've talked about and, you know, hindsight is 2020, like we are in a good place now, but I don't, I wouldn't have seen it as that in the beginning. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no, absolutely. 
Yeah, because I literally was like, this dog was sent from hell, and she wants me to rot, and she wants my anxiety to go through the roof. And I did not see it as, like, this invitation for healing. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. So that's, like, a good question. Like, how can we, as owners on, like, the the good side or not I shouldn't say the good side but like on the other end yeah. of it you know we're we're in a good place that we can reflect on it and feel like proud of our accomplishments and then like also recognize the challenges that we've been through mm-hmm. and like how can we frame what we just said in a way that like gives other people hope right you know and doesn't like turn them off from us just being like oh just keep going right you know what I mean? like right. just keep on because it'll get better at some point right yeah first of all I love I mean I love that you're asking that question because it is true and I do know that it can be very off-putting right yeah to hear like this piece of the conversation if you're someone who's like literally in the thick of it um you know and it would have been like saw that on Instagram like somebody just being like just keep just keep going it'll get better soon I would have been like f you this sucks like I hate my life right you have no idea. I can't be grateful for this. Like, why would you yeah. even say that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I would have too. And I think one one piece of it is that um, it took a long time to obviously shift to that mm-hmm. mindset. And we're not always in it either, even yeah. though we're, you know what I mean? I think that's the other thing too, is like, right. it's not it's all not like, no, 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 absolutely not. Oh my gosh. But I couldn't we even... have seen like good, the good pieces yeah. of it enough to know, like enough to not give up and enough to like have mm-hmm. hope. You right. know what I mean? Yep. Whereas if you're just getting started, like you don't have any kind of pro- positive proof mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I can do this with my dog. Like right. I can't overcome challenges. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think one way to hopefully communicate that to anyone who is in the thick of it right now and to not invalidate where you are um, and how you're feeling because we have felt it and do feel it as well, even now, even years and years later, is to just recognize that there's never a situation that's all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. There's not. And so as much as our brains want that, like our brain really wants to latch on to like, this is always going to be this way or this mm-hmm. always turns out like that or this will never happen it's just a tendency that humans have to latch on to kind of an all-or-nothing mindset mm-hmm. so just being open to the idea that this is how you're feeling right now and there are other possibilities and it's going to go up and down across the lifetime of your relationship with your dog and yeah, there's going to be, good point. there's going to be periods of time where everything is feeling very good and status quo and like plateaued, even if there's hiccups, right? You'll hit like a good mm-hmm. kind of equilibrium kind of point that you can coast right. on for a while. And then to your point, like you said earlier, stress will come up, something will shift the dynamic and you yeah. have to work through something again. And so if you could look at your relationship with them, whether you're in a further along place like you and I are right now, or if you're just getting started and feeling very overwhelmed, recognizing Mm -hmm. that like no state is final, yeah, right? No situation stays exactly the same and static all the time, every day. Uh, And it's just not possible. That's just not how it works. 
So right now it's feeling all consuming yeah. and all encompassing. Truly. And I really understand being in that headspace. Um, but if you can get a little more granular, a little more like detail oriented and look at even the course of your day was mm-hmm. every minute with them a challenge horrible every yeah, minute a challenge right mm-hmm. or was it there were parts of it that were really rough and there were right. parts that were neutral maybe and maybe yeah. neutral is as good as it gets right now and that's okay too right so recognizing like the nuance yeah along the way is probably one of the most helpful things to try to implement because um, mm-hmm. I know it feels like just all bad Right. right now. No, you are you are so right. Uh going into this like season of my life, like at the beginning of this year, I knew that this year for me was just gonna be it was gonna be busier. Like mm-hmm. I just knew it. And so I think what really helped me is acknowledging that prior mm-hmm. to getting into the thick of this year. Yes. Now I will say that this year came with a lot more than like what I expected to, but I did go into it with a little bit mm-hmm. of like a acknowledgement and mindset like hey this year is going to be a lot busier you worked so hard on Layla last year like take this year it's going to be like a more of a maintenance year and like mm-hmm. we know that we accept that we're good with that yeah. and so that mindset going into it has helped me a lot with these times that I'm busier and I'm not able to do as much um I really haven't taught her a lot new like many new skills like mm-hmm. I've taught her a few new tricks we went to a few new places. We went on like really great hikes, but we haven't done anything that's like extravagant. I haven't taught her like 20 new tricks mm-hmm. and we we haven't done like a, a new class and, you know, we haven't gone on a big trip. It's been like such a maintenance year, but I felt really, I felt good about it. And mm-hmm. it's been more on me to work on myself during this year, I feel like. And I think it was like just meant to be this way which, you know, I'm like really happy about now that I feel like over the hump Mm -hmm. because in like April, May, June, I felt like I was like still trying to get up the hill to like catch my breath. Right. And another thing that I want to say is one thing that I wish I would have known like really early on in our training when it was really challenging, it kind of goes back to the thing that you were saying about being granular about like not every minute sucks is I wish I would have like thought about the small wins more. Mm. Like I wish I would have like acknowledged that those were wins because every time that you like claim something or declare something like that was a win, that was a win for us. Like however small it was, like that was a, that was a win. And each of those like builds up your confidence Mm -hmm. to do the next thing or try it again or like, you know, tack on something with that like whatever you did so I wish I would have appreciated and acknowledged those like whether it be document them or just like have like recall them in my head Mm -hmm. I wish I would have appreciated the little wins Mm -hmm. earlier on Mm -hmm. yeah and not just like big wins you know what I mean yeah it's so powerful to do that and it's so important to do that and that's what gets you out of that all or nothing yeah, kind of mindset, right? Because a lot of people, myself included, who are struggling with their dogs are like, this is never going to get better. This mm-hmm. is always like this, right? 
So if we can look at that nuance and look at it piece by piece and recognize the tiny wins along the way, it helps give us energy to kind of keep going. It gives us a more balanced perspective on Mm -hmm. what's going on in that, in that moment, Um, which there's a ripple effect to that. Yeah. A huge ripple effect to that. And we don't give it enough credit, right? So we're very quick to dismiss those small wins. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. He still reacted. Yeah, I know he reacted right. shorter than he ever has before, but like it still happened. Exactly. Right. Why are we doing that? <laughs> right? yeah. Why? And I, I'm super guilty of it. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, very guilty of it, probably. And then when I look back and I kind of say, well, hold on. Why didn't that count? Why didn't right. that matter? Where's yeah. that coming from? You know, and recognize that I would look to other people and I would say, wow, look at that win you just had. Mm-hmm. I would celebrate but you wouldn't, this. Like, wouldn't, your own. Right, wouldn't appreciate my own. And so, again, that comes back to it's an ongoing practice. It's something to kind of be mindful about and mm-hmm. really intentional with. And over time, it helps. Oh, yeah. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. Whenever Layla was, so she was very aggressive in her crate for a little bit. She had barrier aggression. So like she would, you know, bark and, and try to like break out of her crate specifically when we would close the door. Mm-hmm. I think I've told you yeah, this before. Yeah. But um, I had a piece of paper right beside her crate that I would keep track of how many days it's been since her last reaction. Oh, wow. And that was really helpful for me, you know, because I would say, okay, it's been like one day. Okay. It's been another day. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's been another day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it may, she may have had a reaction on like the third or fourth day. And like, I would have re like restarted, but it was cool to see that it was like, you know, it was like maybe one or two days. And then it was like three or four before the next one. And then it was like, another three or four. And then it was like five or six before the next one. So like they kept getting more spaced out. And even though they were happening still like over a period of time, they were more spaced out. And that gave me a lot more time to just like breathe. Sure. And like, you know, the, the more time that went on without her reacting, the more confident I was, the less stressed I was. I wasn't as anxious putting her up in her crate. I wasn't like, always anticipating for her to react. And so like keeping that like tracker was so helpful for me. I love that because what you're doing there is collecting data, right? Yes, so right. that's right. And I mean, that's what you're doing. And the reason that that's really helpful and I would encourage other people to do something similar, whether it's just a, even if it's just like a journal entry about how today went, right? Something that's really objective and really clear in that way. Mm-hmm. Is so helpful because honestly, we're not that great at being good historians of what things are really happening in our lives when we're very emotional about it, right? Mm -hmm. So the more emotional that you are about a situation, the more difficult it's going to be to look back at it. Right, because your logic goes out. Out the window, absolutely. And so you're going to look back, right, at her, okay, so maybe you're two months into training for the barrier Mm -hmm. aggression, right? And you're going to look back and because you're emotional about it and it's challenging for you and it's mm-hmm. frustrating and you're stressed about it, your, go- your brain is going to remember and highlight the things that are, it- it's like that confirmation bias, right? It's happening right. all that the went time, wrong. right? Mm-hmm. We're still having it. It's still going on, but you're not able to take a step back and like zoom out 
and say, Mm -hmm. actually, it happened three times this week instead of the five times it happened the week before. Right. Right. And this eight times the week before that. Right. We're not good at doing that when it's something we're very close to and we're very emotional about. Mm -hmm. So no, that's, that's so true. Yeah. Right. So if you can keep track of that in like a pretty clear, unbiased way, right. It's kind of undeniable that piece by piece you're moving forward. Get better. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, and it helps again, keep you motivated, keep you, keep you moving through it. Right. I also, one of the things that I was doing whenever I was tracking that was that I would like put the date of the reaction and then I would put like how many days since the last one. Mm -hmm. And then I would put like, I mean, this was so like subjective on my part, but I would put like what I thought might've caused it. And so sometimes that could have been like, she just had a really stressed day. She went to the vet. We like didn't really go Mm -hmm. get to exercise her as much, you know, but some days it was like, oh, I rushed her into the crate. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, other days it, it it just like varied. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I tried to kind of put like a, explanation as to why it might have happened and that really helped me as well um from like an owner perspective to like see what I could do better at Mm -hmm. right I like that because even though you can recognize that you may not be 100% like you won't you may not know Mm -hmm. 100% of the time right you're Mm -hmm. still looking at patterns yes looking at patterns Yeah. yeah you're still looking at you know things that can help you recognize the next time. Um, and right. you're, you know, you're just kind of being more mindful, mm-hmm. right. Rather than just like, I put her in there, she had a reaction and that's all I'm focusing on. You're right. focusing on like the bigger picture of it. So even if you're not correct a hundred percent of the time, yeah, you're at exactly. least more like present. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because some things like I, I couldn't know, like yeah. the ones where I was like, I just think that she was like stressed yeah. And, but it's like, you know, I can't really tell that like a hundred percent, you know, she can't speak to me and say like, I was really stressed that day, <laughs> right. but I kind of made like an educated guess mm-hmm. on what could have happened. And that also helped me realize that sometimes like it isn't my fault. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? How about that? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I could sit here and be like, well, it was because you know, we did go to the vet and I didn't exercise as much, but sometimes it actually would just like happen out of the blue whenever mm-hmm. I thought I was doing everything right. Right. And those were the times that helped me realize, okay, like I, I can't control everything. Right. Right. So yeah. it, like, it helped me like get out of my hands a little bit. Right. Well, what, what you were doing with keeping track in that way, um, is helping you like zoom out. Right. So again, when we're really close to something, we're really deeply like in it. It's just so hard to look at something accurately, if not impossible to look at Mm -hmm. something accurately. And so that's where, and I know we wanted to kind of talk about this stuff too, but that's where the power of journaling comes into play and Um, the power of going to therapy comes into play or whatever it is, whatever sort of like helping modality that you can access mm -hmm. will help you zoom out. And look at something with more of that bird's eye view, that more like unbiased, you know, like perspective that can allow you to see the patterns, allow you to take a step back from your emotions for a moment, get your logical brain a little more online 
to help mm-hmm. you through, talk through a specific moment. And so it's just crucial to have some kind of reflective practice when you are struggling, first of all, with anything in your life, but when right. you are struggling with your dog. I yeah. really, and it doesn't matter exactly, exactly what that is. Um, you know, I think different things work for different people. For di- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what can you do to try to take a step back or have someone help you take that step back mm-hmm. to look at something? I think a really cool thing too, is that once you start getting into that practice mm-hmm. of, of taking the time to reflect, look through questions, answer them for yourself. Like you're not going to have to put these answers, you know, out on Instagram if you don't want to, or like your therapist isn't going to broadcast them to, to whoever. But what's cool is that once you start asking these questions in, in a, like a way that, you know, you kind of get in a habit of doing it, mm-hmm. like once a week or every day, I'm going to reflect on how me and my dog were. And you do get in that more like logical space mm-hmm. that does make you way more proactive in the moment of dealing with a challenge or a trigger. Like I remember the walks after I started like journaling a lot more about our our journey. Mm -hmm. And during that walk, something would happen. And in a split second, instead of me just like having anxiety and freaking out, I would remember being like, oh, I've like actually already thought about this whenever I was journaling the other day or like talking to my therapist. Mm -hmm. And we, I kind of thought to myself, like, what are the things that I could do in this moment Mm -hmm. to, you know, be a little bit more logical and help her out, help myself out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to be as frustrated and stressed. And it was, just it was like a really awesome experience. I remember for me to be like, wow, like I actually helped myself. <laughs> oh, it worked. Imagine yeah. that. I think what's cool is like what you're doing there is creating a really nice balance between your rational, logical mind and your emotional mm-hmm. mind. Right? right. We don't want to be in one extreme or the other with those. That's not mm-hmm. a helpful space to be in, right? If we're fully emotional and all of our logic is out the window, that's not going to be very useful. Right. Right. Um, but we also don't want to erase the emotional experience that we're having. Oh, totally. We can't actually <laughs> do that. It's still going to come up in some way or another. And so we want to honor that and hold space for that while also balancing the, that logic and reason and rationality. Right. Mm-hmm. So having some space to process and journal and reflect Um, isn't so that we can just be like, stop being emotional. Don't get upset. Stop being frustrated. No, it's actually, I'm frustrated and dot, 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 this is happening. This is coming up. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious and I'm noticing this, this, and this, right? right? So bringing them together is so powerful and so helpful when we're dealing with a stressful situation. Totally. Oh, yeah. And like, whenever I'm saying, you know, I had that emotion. And then I thought to myself, like, oh, I could like do these things that I thought mm-hmm. about. It wasn't me suppressing the, no. the frustration or the stress. It was me just responding in a different way. Yep. In a more productive right. way, I right. should say. Yeah, it's more adaptive. Right? Yes. Like, but you like have to work on that. You have oh, to yeah. teach yourself how to do that. <laughs> and even when you quote unquote, know how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're still gonna 
not do it sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. Have, sometimes yeah. they'll be like, well, I just don't want to do that. It's hard. It's yeah. it's not the easy way out. Right. Sometimes it really is easier to just react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes we might need to. Yeah. Actually, because sometimes we really need to discharge some of that emotion. Sometimes it's just, mm-hmm. it's just too much. Right. For us to, we cannot be like perfectly balanced all oh, the no. time. It's just not possible. And so if you're journaling you're going, or if you're going to therapy or whatever it is, creating that space for yourself to explore what your, mm-hmm. your own internal experience is and how you right. can shift it to be more helpful uh, and more adaptive for yourself. And again, giving yourself grace for when it doesn't always work that way. Exactly. Yeah. But being able to move that energy mm-hmm. in some productive way is, is so useful. Right. Right. And it does just take time and it's a lifelong practice, just like, you know, circling back to the parallel, mm-hmm. um, you know, working through challenges with our dogs is a lifelong practice sometimes. Right. And that's okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of like therapy and journaling and all of that good stuff. So you're actually a therapist. I am. (laughs) And something that I get asked a lot is like, how, how do you find a therapist? How, like, do you know that you should even go to therapy? What are the different types of therapy? So I guess like first thing, like just like, we'll play Mythbusters. I think (laughs) what people call it. So can you go to therapy for like without a true reason, without trauma, without like something bad happening to you? Can you just go to therapy just to go to therapy? Yes, is the short answer to that. Absolutely, yeah. you can. <laughs> and I would actually very much encourage you to do that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, even just to try it out, get connected, see if there's anything that you do end up wanting to work on, even if you didn't right. realize it when you first started out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also obviously am a little biased because I am a therapist. And so I personally think everyone should go to therapy all the time, but <laughs> that's maybe not a hundred percent fair. Um, but yeah, you absolutely can. And, and I encourage people to try it out, um, and just kind of see where they might go with it. You may be surprised right. about how helpful it is when you didn't think you needed it mm-hmm. at all. Um, things might come up and they don't have to be huge traumas or major diagnoses to be worthy of Mm -hmm. attention and care. Right. Right. So I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm not that bad or I don't have these major things. Like why, why would I need to do that if I don't have anything like, you know, wrong or whatever my, my life is going okay. Well, Mm -hmm. you know what? I bet you there's still some things that bother you. I bet there's still some things that trip you up. Mm -hmm. You are just as deserving of working through those things as someone who like, quote unquote, has it worse, you know? So yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. I would agree with that as well. It's kind of goes back to the being proactive type of thing. And I do think that therapy is like such an exploratory process. Like you might not like your therapist at first. You might have to go to a different therapist. Mm -hmm. You might not like the type of therapy that you're going to. And then, you know, it, it, it also comes down to like money, you know, insurance might not cover the person that you like, and then you have to make decisions based off that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, not going to get into like how (laughs) to find a therapist because it does have a lot to do with like insurance and that kind of stuff. But would you say that like talk 
therapy is the best place for people to start out? Um, I think that the best place for people to start out is to approach it with that idea that I'm going to shop for a therapist a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because talk therapy can look, like you said, it can look all sorts of different ways, right? So there's some therapists who are very um, structured and regimented and they have like a particular protocol mm-hmm. that they use, right? So they're kind of always going along with a particular treatment protocol. And then there's right. other therapists who are very open and just will will go where you lead them in the session. And there's no real right or wrong there, although some people may think there is, but I don't think there is um, mm-hmm. a right or wrong too, because I think it's a, whatever fits the person. So totally. you really might want to explore someone who does like a particular modality that may match with whatever it is you're struggling with. And you also may want to try someone who's a bit more open-ended and see which mm-hmm. thing, you know, kind of fits with you. Yeah. I do think that like age can also make a difference mm-hmm. in a therapist. You know, gender can also make a difference in a therapist yep. and that's not like, you know, bashing one or the other yep. or like a certain age group. But like, you know, I get along with almost anybody from any age. Mm-hmm. So I could have been fine with, with an older therapist I would, would have said, or I would say, but, um, you know, my therapist now, she's probably in her thirties and she rocks, would not change her. Um, I am very lucky that it was the first person that I went to, but mm-hmm. I know people that have been through three or four therapists. Yeah. yeah. And that's really normal. And in fact, I would really mm-hmm. encourage that. Um, yeah. because you just really, one of the most powerful things in the sort of success of therapy is the mm-hmm. relationship that you have with that person. So right. it matters so much more that you have a comfort level with them than any of the approaches that they may or may not bring to the mm-hmm. table. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess my last question specifically about therapy that I've been asked before. So with my therapist, we did, I think like two or three sessions, really just like asking me the first session was like asking me all about my history, Mm -hmm. you know, what were diseases in my family, kind of like at a normal doctor. The second and third one were more about like specific questions to like growing up patterns in my life things that I am aware of, things that, you know, I'm not aware of, kind of just like getting, like, I'm not going to say getting all of my backstory, but, Mm -hmm. you know, learning more about me from a mental health perspective. Would you say that was, that's kind of how most therapists do it? Yeah, um, pretty much. So there is like an initial sort of intake period, essentially, right? right? So that's like, yeah, that's the word I was Yeah. So the first session and potentially the first couple sessions, um, depending on how your therapist kind of works or how, you know, what you're presenting with and those things are going to be information gathering Mm -hmm. and relationship building. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not only that they're trying to, you know, learn all of these background things about you, but you're also feeling one another out just to make sure that your communication feels smooth and that you can create and build that rapport with one another without necessarily having yet, you know, dove into the depths of why you're there to like Mm -hmm. really start doing the work yet. So yeah, the first couple sessions are going to be that way. They may feel even a little uncomfortable as a result, Mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. Awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, if, 
I think about this all the time. There's really very few other sort of relationships that you experience where you are asked all about you yes. um, in a very detailed manner and the other person does not share anything about themselves, right? Right. So it's, hi, I'm a complete stranger. Please share your trauma history with me and I'm going to sit here and listen and potentially jot down notes. I mean, it's very, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable actually. Yeah. So I would expect those first few, few sessions to feel a little bit um, awkward or odd at first. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it typically would go that way where the therapist is trying to get to know the most relevant things about you kind of up front and hopefully also develop some idea of goals with you, right. That you might want to work on. What are the things that are bringing you here? What is causing you the most distress so that we Mm -hmm. can start working through that together? Right. And it's so funny how how you said like your therapist is going to be the person to like constantly ask about you and not share anything about them. Because there have been times that my therapist would be like, you're talking about so and so like how like tell me more about you. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's really funny to to think about it in that way. But we have a relationship now that some days I might not have anything to really talk about, or I go in thinking I don't have anything to talk about. So the first 15 minutes, we're talking about what we're watching on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. And then in that conversation, I just randomly come up with something. And, you know, we do figure out, you know, a game plan for for whatever it was, or work through some difficult feelings that I was having. Mm -hmm. So don't skimp out on a therapy session just because you think that you don't have anything to talk about. That's my piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, those sessions um, where people think that they don't have anything to talk about, right? They're actually very valuable um, Mm -hmm. because it continues to actually let your therapist get to know you. um, Mm -hmm. And it helps your therapist continue to build rapport with you and create sort of safety and comfort um, and sort of that natural flow back and forth mm-hmm, between exactly. you. So there, there is actually quite a bit of value to those times anyway, even if you feel yeah. like there wasn't. Um, and sometimes you don't see that right away, but later on you, you do. And in fact, your therapist probably sees it totally. <laughs> right then and there. So yeah, yeah. Because there have been so many times where I was like, well, I don't really have anything going on. I could skip this one. Yeah. And then, you know, I go and get, and get something huge out of it. Well, so and not it's, only, it's really not a, yeah, it's really good. Well, and not only that, you were talking about being proactive before. Mm-hmm. So those times are actually some of my favorite sessions as a therapist because we get the opportunity to be like, wow, things are good in this moment. Oh yeah, like coming up with a game, yeah, in a good space, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, just because like it's life that right. something is going to come up again in the future mm-hmm. that is going to throw you for a loop, and that's okay. And so while I'm in this kind of quote unquote good space, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't mean good, like everything is perfect, but you know, while I'm feeling solid, now's the time to really do the work Mm -hmm. for creating like scaffolding for helping me recognize like how I can support myself when inevitably, you know, the wheel takes a bit of a turn and some stressors come up. So um, I've had lots and lots of experiences with clients where they do come in. They're like, I don't know what to talk about. And I'm like, great, yeah. let's talk about, <laughs> that's awesome. Let's talk about when, you know, you struggle again. 
Yeah. And again, it's not from like a hopeless place. It's from right. a proactive place. And um, that's the easiest and best time to work on that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you are coming in to therapy from like a very low, in a very low moment, right? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people do. And, and of course they do. It's really hard to learn yeah. the skills and implement yeah. the skills mm-hmm. in those moments. And so if you're practicing, it's just like practicing anything, right? Yep. Totally. You're just practicing how you're going to support yourself and how you're going to look out for the warning signs of that in the future as well. So it yeah, doesn't catch you. That's a really good, really good point. Right. Cause you don't, you don't want to be caught off guard by those mm-hmm. moments. Okay. So I'm doing well right now. What are the earlier flags that I need to pay attention to before I start kind of sliding back down a slope that I don't want mm-hmm. to be sliding down? Because sometimes we don't realize it until we're like way in the thick of it. And then we're mm-hmm. like, oh no, there were lots of signs, but I didn't yeah. recognize them. So, well, yeah. And that's what's good about a therapist is that they can help you figure out some of those signs. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that, you know, and I know that I don't want to like over, overly, uh, attribute all of this to dogs, but we do, we do want to do the same things with them. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Let's practice our skills. Yep. Right. We're in a, you know, less stressful season. Let's take this opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, strengthen the work we've done and exactly. let's pay attention to the things that we can, um, you know, recognize earlier on and all that stuff. So same, it's always the same things, I swear. It's always like... Always, always in parallel. All the time. I love it. Yes, I do too. <laughs> well, this, I think, like really wraps up our good conversation. I loved doing this with you. I loved it being like unscripted. Very organic. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. Yes. <laughs> I loved it too. Okay. I do have to go, yeah. unfortunately, or else I would stick her on here with <laughs> yeah. you for like ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I totally get it. As long as you don't run out of breath. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just like having contractions and like being like, ooh, <laughs> all the time over here. Yeah, we're going to like be recording like while you're going into labor, yeah. probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, Jess. Yeah. Hope. I, and I mean, I shouldn't even say I hope. It's like I know people are going to get so much out of this episode. So you are so insightful. Thanks for talking about, you know, dogs, what you're working on, what I'm working on, reflecting on all of that, and then answering the therapy questions. Yeah, anytime. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thanks. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.